Hello, my name is Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to the brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we've got for you this week. Coming up today, Tom will take a look at why airlines aren't flying to the UK right now, and I'll see how the new test-to-release policy went on its first day. Air Baltic has officially become an all-A220 airline. I'll tell you about that, and Joe will take a look at JetBlue's massive route expansion. Tom's going to help us say goodbye to the only second-hand A380 in operation. And finally, I'll share a crazy story about a man who wanted to ride a winglet in Las Vegas. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And I wanted to give you the chance to start this week, Joe, because I've been starting quite a bit recently. Absolutely. So um, last week was an exciting time for the UK, or it should have been, um, because on (laughs) December the 15th, (laughs) the government's new test to release scheme came into play. Um, And the scheme is designed to reduce the time passengers have to spend in quarantine from the current 10 days to just five days pending a negative COVID-19 test. Now, the timing of this was really interesting because December the 15th, as I'm sure I don't need to tell anyone, is 10 days until Christmas. So this policy was designed to, well, I don't know if it was designed that way, but it certainly promised to make the difference between spending Christmas Day with our families, you know, if you're coming into the UK from abroad or not. Um, However, it didn't quite go as planned, shall we say. Um, Really poor handling of the procedural side of the process left many travellers in a state of confusion. Um, So we'd known December the 15th was going to be the launch date way back in November. And at the time, the government said the list of providers who could do the five-day test, you know, the test on the fifth day to release you from quarantine, the list of approved providers would be announced shortly before the scheme started. As it turned out, shortly was the operative word right here, because literally hours before the scheme launched, around eight o'clock the night before, the government finally published the list of providers, and it was not a very long list. So, a whole 11 providers made up the entirety of this list. And I mean, just from that, you can imagine that demand would far outweigh supply. Um, And as you might imagine, providers were absolutely overwhelmed by the response from travellers wanting to come into the UK. Um, In fact, it was so bad that by one o'clock in the morning on the day of launch, so literally one hour into the scheme, one of the providers called Same Day Doctor had published a notice on their website saying they were no longer able to participate in tests to release and that they would like to be removed from the list. Um, So we've been following uh, Paul Charles, who is the boss of the PC agency, one of the UK's foremost travel experts, I think we can confidently say, um, in, and his assessment of the whole debacle. So, of the 11 providers who had been approved by the government under test to release, Paul Charles said most were unable to provide a test in time. Two providers got switched out of the list um, within the first day um, because of people pulling out. So, so it stayed at 11, but there were two new companies on there. However, clicking through to their websites, both of them, their websites were not functioning properly, test bookings were unable to be made. Um, you know, and what does this mean for aviation? Really, it's another headache at a time when uh, they just don't need it. So, you know, people that can't spend Christmas Day with their families are likely to abandon their travel plans altogether. So, they're going to be seeing a flurry of cancellations, refund requests, and just 
more mess to clear up, really. Um, however, really, <laughs> as the situation is progressing, we're finding test releases rather null and void um, because, uh, as Tom will tell us, London is growing its very own strain of COVID and that's causing even more problems. Tom? Well, I, I, I wanted to start very briefly by saying there was some good news for London um, in the past <laughs> week, and that was that the Supreme Court um, approved Heathrow's third runway. So um, the Supreme Court is obviously the last court of appeal. So um, I guess there's nothing stopping it now um, other than uh, maybe COVID. But I, Heathrow said that's not an issue. But COVID is stopping and a lot of money other things. And time yeah. and <laughs> yeah. Um, but COVID is stopping a lot of other things, including my flights to the UK. So um, you were saying about a flurry of cancellations. Um, I was one of them this morning because yesterday um, we woke up to find out that Denmark had um, suspended flights from the UK, um, shortly followed by Belgium. Well, at the time of recording on Monday afternoon, 33 countries have so far banned flights from the UK. Um, wow. And it's not just Europe. It's also the likes of India, Hong Kong, um, Canada. Uh, so it's uh, um, at the time of speaking again, um, the EU is um, meeting to consider whether they've just the whole um, group bans the UK. Um, so it's it's not been a great day for the likes of British Airways, for sure, who tweeted mm. that they were um, having to run a reduced and uh, fluid schedule to um, meet demand. But what I found really interesting was um, so, sort of speaking from first, first-hand experience, uh, I had returned Lufthansa bookings. Uh, mm -hmm. It was only the Lufthansa flight from the UK to Germany that was cancelled. So the airline appears oh. to still be flying passengers into the UK and then just flying the aircraft back empty, which from a financial <laughs> point of view... Get back in there and stay there, the you British people. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I could fly back to the UK, but then I'd be stuck unless I guess I came back from like via Madrid or something, which is what they wanted to do. Um, but it, it, it shows, it is interesting because... Um, I was reading about uh, UK arrivals at Frankfurt last night and uh, before the ban on flights came in and uh, they've just been held at the gate. I think there's 157 of them from five different flights. Wow. Uh, they've been held at the gate by uh, the border police and they've been taken in small groups to the transit areas, uh, COVID testing centre um, to have COVID tests. And I think they're not allowed to even leave the gate area before um, they come back negative. And I was seeing oh, um, in Hanover similar stories um, with passengers having to sleep on camp beds at oh, the gate. You know, it's just... Um, that's not fun, is it? It's not. But also, I mean, this is one of the reasons why we're not traveling to England is because we don't want to be the people to bring this new strain of COVID back to Germany. And um, no, exactly. I guess Germany exactly. also doesn't want these people to be the first to bring this strain no. <laughs> over. Um, Absolutely but it's not, not just the UK. Um, I mean, Germany has also banned flights from South Africa um, because of this new strain of COVID. And I think Italy was saying that they've detected it in oh, okay. their country. So um, it's, it's definitely, I mean, all that what we're saying now on this subject is probably going to be invalid when this um, <laughs> when the podcast, podcast goes, goes live out. anyway. Everything's changing it's, so quickly. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it's changing so quickly. But um, I mean, there is one benefit in that um, everyone was worried about travel chaos on the 1st of January when Brexit finally kicks in. But as things are going, there won't be any travel that can be chaotic. 
<laughs> that's a, I guess a hidden silver lining there because uh, <laughs> yeah at least we're not going to have chaos at the borders because the borders will be closed <laughs> yeah. but uh, anyway so let's move on from Covid because we don't yeah, like to I talk want... about it too much it's uh, fairly depressing and I think you get enough of that from every other news bulletin that you'll listen to this week so uh, let's talk about some uh, some more cheerful news so um, JetBlue as we know has been doing some incredible work during the pandemic they've they've really um been agile i think is the word of the week isn't it you know inflexible in in their um operations to try and jump on all available capacity wherever it is and all the demand that they're seeing so um it wasn't an entire surprise when the end of last week they announced a massive route expansion for next year uh, you know this is true JetBlue style um so from the early part of 2021 they've been they are going to be adding non-stop service on no less than 24 new routes, which is pretty impressive, you know, coming out of a pandemic. Um, most excitingly, four of those are from Miami, uh, which of course is a, an American Airlines hub. So this is likely further bolstering the uh, old code share that's going on between AA and JetBlue right now. Um, and as the airline put it, MIA is no longer MIA <laughs> on the route network. <laughs> so that's a, quite a nice way to put it. Um, For those not sure, MIA also means missing in action. It does indeed. Thanks for that, so, Tom. Well, I just thought <laughs> some people might not get the joke. I know I know people yeah. who wouldn't get the joke, so I just thought we'd explain it. <laughs> <laughs> on on a good day I probably wouldn't get the joke either. So yeah, cheers <laughs> for that. <laughs> so um Top of the exciting tree is uh, that the airline is adding mint service between Miami and Los Angeles. So a superb way to do the transcon there. Um, from early 2021, JetBlue is going to launch services to three cities out of Miami, which is Boston, Los Angeles and New York, um, both Newark and JFK. So all the destinations will be served with up to four flights a day, apart from LAX, which will get two daily flights, as we say, with the A321 with the mint on board, which is lovely. Um, and as we know, Mint has recently had a, a big makeover of all the soft products. So it's getting much better as well. So really exciting for those uh, um, Californians maybe wanting to get out to Florida or vice versa. Um, there's also a secondary Floridian destination being added. They're going to be flying Key West from both JFK and Boston with the Embraer okay. 190. But that's not all. Before they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't even finished yet. So um, from JFK, they are flying from in April to Guatemala City. City. There's also okay. a daily flight to San Jose del Cabo from JFK and also from Los Angeles. And there's mm. another like 15 more planned routes that I'm not going to go through uh, specifically, but all Just launching... do it really quickly like those people who tell the little legal bits in the adverts on the radio. <laughs> I'm not sure I can talk that fast. Um, so launching, all launching in the first quarter of 2021. And, you know, there's some destinations that people will get hot under the collar about, such as uh, Bogota, Cancun. Um, but most exciting for me is the point-to-point -point services and how much they're on the rise. And, you mm. know, these new domestic pairings, I think, is where JetBlue is being really smart. So, for example, at Raleigh Durham, they've been there since 2006. But looking yeah. at the traffic share last year, they were barely on the scale. You know, they barely registered mm. there. This announcement adds five new destinations from Raleigh Durham. Um, Austin Bergstrom's getting a lot of JetBlue love as well. They've got Jacksonville, Orlando and Tampa. Um, Newark Liberty added. 
And already this year, JetBlue had added Los Angeles, uh, sorry, Las Vegas and San Francisco from Austin Bergstrom. So, um, mm. you know, it's a firm Southwest territory, but JetBlue's also been there since 2006. And these point-to-point non-stop routes from secondary airports, I really think is where an airline like JetBlue can get some really big wins. You know, it's adding yeah. capacity where it sees demand. It's giving travelers options to fly from smaller airports. And I think it's a great strategy from the uh, lovely blue airline that's one of my mm. US favorites. <laughs> well, go blue. <laughs> so that's my, uh, yeah, go blue. <laughs> so tell us about something else that's blue, <laughs> Tom. Well, it, we, it's blue at the moment, but it'll soon be all white. And that's because um, well, Friday, um, I think it was Friday the 17th, was a big day for aircraft retirements. Um, everywhere, it seemed to be a fire sale on aircraft retirements. So um, of both big and small planes. So firstly, um, HiFly said goodbye to their Airbus A380. And this saw them um, flying the aircraft from Baker to Toulouse. Um, and I'm still going to say Baker because nobody has um, brought me up on that pronunciation in our feedback yeah. yet. Um, I'm so English, but, I'd just call it Beja. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. It's absolutely um, not that. <laughs> it was... Um, it, it's not the first time they've flown to Toulouse, um, being like a big Airbus hub. Um, but usually the flight takes about an hour and a half um, as the crow flies. Um, this plane did not fly as the crow flies. Instead, it um, flew out over to the over the Atlantic and um, draw a drew a lopsided heart in the sky, um, which is only <laughs> visible in FlyRadar 24 uh, because they were over the Atlantic. Um, and then once it had finished this heart, uh, which took about 25, 30 minutes, um, it then flew to Toulouse, giving a total flight time, I believe, of around three hours. Um, and wow. it sort of did a loop over Bahia before it left and a loop over Toulouse before it landed. So um, nice, it, it nice. was quite I, – I, I did like um, – we follow a lot of people on Twitter that we mentioned on here, and um, I liked uh, John Walton's take on the situation in that they're uh, sort of promoting – um, saving the coral reefs with this aircraft, yet they sort of did this um, lopsided heart flight for an extra hour of flying <laughs> that no one's ever going to see other than on Flight Radar 24. Um, but, I mean, it's nice that they did something. It kind of seems I to think... be the trend, though, doesn't it? To draw yeah. pictures in the sky when you're saying well, goodbye I mean, to an aircraft. It's like the thing. Yeah, but if you're going to do it, like, do something good you know like i mean when el al said goodbye to the 747 they drew a 747 in the sky not a, mm. a lopsided heart you know like i i really like that <laughs> they did something rough. yeah, yeah. I, I really like that they did something but i think they really could have done so much more you mm-hmm. know like um but hey um but they weren't the only ones because our favorite little uh, riga based airline also said goodbye to um some of their fleet as we now know, they are an all Airbus A220 airline, um, but they haven't always been because we knew they were getting rid of their 737s, but first it was going to be, I guess, uh, late or early 2019, I think, and then it pushed to late 2019, then they were like early 2020, and then got pushed to late 2020. Um, but the pandemic really gave... I'm back on COVID, I'm sorry, apologies. Um, the pandemic really <laughs> gave, um, gave them an opportunity because um, like many airlines, they suddenly found that they didn't need um, all the capacity that they went into the year with. Um, 
So this was the thing that stopped them retiring the 737s immediately because they still needed to fly them. But suddenly, um, flying fewer routes, fewer frequencies, um, they managed to get by without them. So um, on the 17th, we saw the last um, 737 flight with Air Baltic. They flew it to Czechia uh, to the new company that owns it, I believe, um, MRO. Um, and they... Yeah, it's um, sad because that was the final ever 737 flight with an Air Baltic um, call sign. But it's also good in a way because, um, as we all know, they're an all A220 airline. And you and I both know that their A220s are lovely. Um, They are. Yeah, they really are. It's a big upgrade from the old uh, 737, I think. Yeah, I flew um, the 737 and the A220 in business class and um, got to visit the cockpit of both on the ground. And I must say, like, I would choose the A220 anytime. Um, but it's yeah. it's it's not just um, the airline that's transitioning, because as we mentioned before, the airline CEO has also had a little transition because of this change, because he used to fly the old 737s back in the day. Um, on the odd flight, but now he's flying the A220s. And I saw earlier this mm. week that he's um, flown his first commercial flight on the A220 since he got his type rating. Um, he oh, flew great. down to, yeah, he flew down to Hamburg, I think, um, with the head of um, flight training at uh, Air Baltic um, in the A220 and flew back to Riga later that day on the same flight. So um, wow. congrats to Martin for flying his place. Definitely. (laughs) I I, I still think it's so cool that um, the CEO is flying the planes because it's it's so many people would say it's not a ceo's job um you know and i there's so many yeah, airlines where a ceo in touch, wouldn't do doesn't it, it? Yeah, I, I think it's it really good and i think you know there was um some talk about gary kelly at southwest airlines walking up and down the aisle picking up trash when he was on one of his flights and i think mm. you know it shows a sort of standard of humility and a connection to the rest of their workforce so fair play to yeah. martin i'm really glad to see him flying the uh, a220 i mean well, yeah, it's a bit like undercover boss, you know, except they know he's the boss. Um, but I really think, I think it's good just for like any company for the boss to get out and into the workforce and just see like what things are, whether it's yeah. undercover or not. But Maybe we should encourage Aaron to do a bit more writing, eh? <laughs> I don't know. I definitely think, though, that we should see some airline episodes of Undercover Boss. So if they're still making it and you're listening, there's a suggestion do, and yes. I'm not going to charge you for it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap up today, I really wanted to um, just touch on this crazy story um, that was mm, going on uh, last crazy. weekend <laughs> with an Alaska Airlines aircraft at Las Vegas McCarran International Airport. Um, so a man was arrested after he climbed onto and subsequently fell from the wing of an aircraft. <laughs> so he wasn't he, this man, right? He wasn't even a passenger on the Alaska Airlines flight. Apparently, what had happened was he'd approached the aircraft on foot after climbing over a fence to access the airport. Um, and Fox News described him as the man who was wearing what looked like khaki-coloured sweatpants and a fanny pack, <laughs> then climbed up onto the wing. Um, Passengers on board the flight said apparently the the aircraft was well away from the gate. It was taxiing, you know, it was going off to the runway. Um, But the captain saw the man running towards the aircraft and shut down the engines 
which was a good <laughs> good job because the man climbed into the engine and then up onto the wing. He then appeared to crawl back and forth on the wing and then got to his feet and faced the passengers in a kind of Jesus pose, which was very odd, um, and then shuffled off towards one of the aircraft's split scimitar winglets. Um, and having taken off his shoes, he then attempted to climb up the winglet. And I think the most interesting thing about this was the, the sheer size of the winglets. I mean, you yeah. tend to think they're just these little things at the end of the wings, but you they're know, it was not, way taller than the man. It's, it was like 10 foot tall or something. It was crazy. Yeah, well, I think they, they're sort of... Um, I did looked into it before. I think on the 737, um, they're seven or eight feet um, tall. But when you're taking your little holiday snap out the window of the sunset over yeah, the sky, they you, look know, tiny, you don't, don't notice... They? No, yeah. exactly. So anyway, he tried to ascend the winglet, which obviously didn't go very well because uh, it's pretty slippery, I should imagine. Um, mm. And before the authorities could reach him, he lost his grip and fell straight to the ground below. He seems mm. to be okay, we have to say. He seemed to fall quite well and he didn't break anything on landing as far as we know. Um, it and did very look quite sadly, painful, they, though. Yeah, it really did. I'm, it was quite I a mean, splat, wasn't it? It's a long you know, way. Like I, I'm, it's terrible that it happened, but I'm glad it was caught on video, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tom, you're evil. So, <laughs> they do say very afraid. sadly that, uh, yeah, he mental illness quid. or impairment is likely going on here. So, you know, mm. we're very sorry for that, man. But Jesus, it's a good video. You've got to go and check it out. Um, and of course, the airplane and the passengers had to wait for around four and a half hours before they could depart because mm. they had to check that he hadn't done any damage to the wing or the winglet or anything while he mm. was up there. But uh, do check out the video if you haven't seen it, because it's uh, quite eye-opening. I think, you know, mm. if nothing else, just to see the scale of the winglet and the distance yeah. the poor guy falls when he slips, because the wings are mm. really high off the ground too. So, and I, mean, uh, well, I mean, it's it's it was quite brave, I thought, to see so many um, police officers out on the wing, you know, um, yeah. trying to get him. I wouldn't fancy it. No, I know. It's a, a lot this, higher this than you realise, I think. I find interesting because you've got the no step area on the wing, you know, like they paint that um, black box that you're not meant to step out if you're on Mm -hmm. the wing. So I do wonder if, um, obviously he went outside of that, but would the police have gone outside to grab him because then they could have fallen down on the floor? Yeah. Oh, crazy times, Mm. crazy times. Anyway, I think that's about all we've got time for today. So we hope you enjoyed our podcast. And as usual, welcome any feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.